You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. to tell you in your midst of trouble, in your midst of dry times, in your midst of, of circumstances beyond your control, the Lord knows you're going through those. The Lord sees your affliction. He hears your cries. He knows what's happening in your life. Trust Him to work it together. Trust Him to work it out. We don't know how it's going to work out, but we know that as He starts working in our life, our hearts will be lifted up and we'll have that peace that surpasses all understanding. Sometimes we don't remember God's humanity. We can think of Him as this cold and uncaring ruler, but that isn't the case. In today's message, Pastor Dave will remind you that God sees you in your struggles. When life seems to be crashing down on you, God knows and understands the hurt that you feel. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 16 as he continues his message, Six Guys. A girl on my soccer team in Wildwood who was always cussing, and I used to tell her that. I used to say, you cuss like a truck driver. You cuss like a sailor. What's wrong with you? And in the yearbook, she wrote, to your little truck-driving naval cusser. <laughs> so this guy comes out. He's the cursor. So we have these guys. We have the liar. Now we have the cursor. And here we see Satan is attacking David through words and stones. Sticks and stones will break my bones. Anyhow, he's, he's cursing him, right? Shammai was loyal to Saul. And as David and the group walked by, he screamed at them and threw stones. There's, that's about all you can throw in Israel. There's no grass you could pick up. He couldn't throw clumps of grass. All he could do was throw rocks and dust. And even though David was exhausted and very discouraged, he rose above the distraction. I love this about David. He rose above the distraction and he allowed Shammai to continue his attack. He's great. I love this. I love what he says. And David says, look, my son seeks to tame my life. How much more can this Benjamite? Remember, Saul was a Benjamin, Benjamite. Let him alone. Let him curse. For the Lord has ordered him. And it may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. I love this. Shammai was blaming David for the death of Saul and Jonathan, which was a lie. David did not kill them. David didn't want them killed. But his vile words were breaking God's commandments. If you read Exodus 22, 28, there's a commandment there. I think I have it tagged. Hang on. Exodus 22, 28 says, You shall not revile God nor curse a ruler of your people. David was still king. David was still king. So this guy, you know, I love David's attitude here. He looked up to God. Hey, what am I going to do here? He accepted Shammai's abuse because he believed it was from the hand of God. See, God uses everything in our lives. He uses all people in our life. He said he had to and would accept anything that God sent to him, remember? Anything that God chooses for me to have, I'll accept it. So he's saying, this guy, Shammai, he's sent from God. God was hearing Shammai's word. God was watching how David was reacting. You know, 
We've been, Mark's been teaching along in, at Commons through the Beatitudes. You know, and there's this beautiful Beatitude. It talks about when people revile against you. In um, 5.11, Matthew 5, verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are they. David's allowing this guy to have his due. Fine, go ahead. I'm going to rise above this. David thought to himself, if God can forgive me, an adulterer and a murderer, surely I can forgive this guy because of his cuss words. His words are coming on me and they're bouncing right off. Who am I to complain? Get a little dirt kicked in my face or little stones thrown at me or words said at me. After all, David said, my own son wants to kill me and I'm worried about this guy. But what's interesting is when we get later on in chapter 17, David comes to a place called Mahananaim. This is the place where Jacob wrestled with the Lord. And I wonder when they got there if David recognized this as that place. And he got strength from it. David basically had lost his throne, but Jehovah, the true living God, was still on the throne. And he would keep his promises. He would be faithful to the government, and he remembered that. See, what I'm trying to tell you, in your midst of trouble, in your midst of dry times, if you're in your midst of, of circumstances beyond your control, the Lord remembers you. The Lord knows you're going through those. The Lord sees your affliction. He hears your cries. He knows what's happening in your life. Trust him to work it together. Trust him to work it out. We don't know how it's going to work out, but we know that as he starts working in our life, our hearts will be lifted up, and we'll have that peace that surpasses all understanding. We'll give God all glory for anything that might happen in our lives. The Lord remembers you. You were always on his mind. Go back and read Psalm 139 and think of how much he thinks of you. How much he wants to think of you. How much he enjoys you. How much he values you and your life. Think about it. Meditate on it. Selah. Meditate on it. Let it sink in deep. So many times, you know, we're, like I said, we're hooting and hollering and praising the Lord and a hard time comes. Oh, where's God? Well, he hasn't changed. He's exactly where he was before when you were hooting and hollering and praising him. He's still there. I love Abishai. I want to take off his head, David. <laughs> Hang on there, buddy. James and John, let's send thunder down on upon them and lightning, let's kill them. I love that. I love that. I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who never reviled against them. When they did horrible things to him, never reviled against them. When they spat upon him and beat him to within an inch of his life, when they ripped his beard from his head and put the crown of thorns on him, and they hammered nails through his hands and through his feet. He never said a word. Like a sheep going to slaughter. He never, a one word. God remembers David in his hard time. But in 1 Kings 2, verses 8 and 9, we read that David's on his deathbed. And he's lying there on his deathbed. And he basically pulls Solomon down to him and goes, Don't forget to get Shammai. <laughs> Shammai gets his comeuppance. <laughs> Shammai gets his comeuppance. Solomon takes care of him, trust me. Anyhow. So the next guy we meet is our friend Ahithropel. Ahithropel is a traitor. 
So we've had the liar, we've had the um, cursor, and now we have the traitor, along with King David and his son, Ahithophel. David's dearest friend and counselor. How bad is that? This must have crushed David. This must have crushed him and took all his heart out from him. He was now a counselor to Absalom. He defected. This is the one that David prayed about and said that his counsel wouldn't be any good back in chapter 15. And that's why he met Hushai. We read him too, David's friend, who was sent as a spy to Absalom. Let's read 13 through 23. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the people and the men of Israel came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with them. And so it was when Hushai, the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, that, that Absalom, I mean, excuse me, Hushai said to Absalom, long live the king, long live the king. So Absalom said to Hushai, is your loyalty to your friend? Why do you not go to your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, no, but whom the Lord and his people, and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his I will be, and with him I will remain. Furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As for the served in your father's presence, so I will be with you as I have served there. Then Absalom said to Hithopel, give me advice as to what we should do. And Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you are abhorred by, by your father. Then the hands of all who are with you will be strong. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the top of the house, and Absalom went into the father's concubine in sight of all Israel. Now the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired an oracle of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. This guy. Go into your father's concubines. Show Israel that you're truly king. And this was one of the ways that they overtook the kingdom. This was a way that they proved themselves as king. They would take the deposed king's wives and they would have sex with them. He pitched a tent on top of the palace so all could see. Does it sound familiar? Listen to this. Chapter 12, verse 11. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up an adversary against you from your own household, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. God's prophecy towards David. God's prophecy towards David. Unwittingly, Absalom is now fulfilling God's prophecy. He thinks he's doing something special. See, God's in control of the whole thing. God's still in control of the whole thing. God has complete control. We, we meet Hushai. Remember David's friend who he met on the mountain, who he sent to be a spy for him? And he comes in and says, long live the king. Well, who are you talking about? You're talking about your dad? You're talking about me? No, we're talking about you. Why shouldn't I serve the present king? So he convinced them that he was a good guy. He convinced them that he was okay. Absalom followed Ahithophel's advice, and the outcome was very drastic. But in order for him to officially take the throne, he had to let the people know that he was the true king. And by doing this, he was assuming the crown. This was his way of assuming the crown. See, the difference between David, one of the many differences between David and his son, is that David sought the Lord. Absalom sought the counsel of his counselor, who now, it says, 
was like an oracle of God, so really they were following God's law, but Ahithophel didn't seek God either, and he didn't want it. He wanted revenge. Why? Remember who he was? Who is Ahithophel? Bathsheba's grandpa. He was Bathsheba's grandfather, and all he wanted was revenge. He wanted revenge on David for what he had done, both to Bathsheba and Uriah. He fulfills Nathan's. Let's look at one through four. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, we're in verse chapter 17 now. Now let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak and make him afraid. And all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. And I will bring back all the people to you. When all return except the man whom you seek, all the people will be at peace. And the saying, please, Absalom and all the elders of Israel. Here we have now this Hitherpel. Absalom is powerful now. He's the king, but he has a problem. He needs to get rid of David to stay king. He needs to get rid of David to stay king. So Ahithophel, I keep pronouncing the name wrong every time I pronounce it, but that's okay. He had a great idea. His idea, let's kill them all. Let's kill them all. Now, I don't know as I was reading, now, did anybody notice any different about his speech? Did anybody notice a theme in his speech? Let me read it again. Now, let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and purpose David, pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he is afraid, weak and weary, and all the people who are with him, and I will strike only the king, and I will bring back. Do you hear something here, folks? Not too much pride there, is there? This guy was a me, me, me guy. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go there. There's, oh, you know, you can listen to someone talk. Have you ever listened to someone talk? And how many times do they use the word I? How many times, you know, I've said this a million times. I don't know why I'm repeating it. Let's have a conversation, and I'm going to tell you all about me. And then I'm going to look at you and go, enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> you know, that's the kind of guy this guy was. He was a me guy. Me, 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 me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Man, I'll tell you what. Read Isaiah. Is it Isaiah 14 or Ezekiel 14? What's the seven I wills of Satan? Isaiah 14, right? Listen to what Satan had to say. The I wills of Satan. Read that. Sounds a lot familiar. Pride. Nothing but pride. It was prideful. It was prideful. Everybody wants to do it. They think it's a great plan. But let's read. Let's finish out. 5 through 14. Then Absalom said, Now call Hushai the archite also, and let us hear what he says. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken in this manner. Shall we do as he says? If not, speak up. So Hushai said to Absalom, The advice that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. For, said Ahushai, you know your father and his men, that they are mighty men, and they are engaged, enraged in their minds, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field, and your father is a man of war, and will not camp with the people. 
Surely by now he is hidden in some pit or some other place. And it will be when some of them are overthrown at first that whoever hears it will say, there is slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. And even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore, I advise that all Israel be fully gathered to you, from Dan to Beersheba, like the sand of the sea for the multitude, and that you go into battle in person. So we will come upon him in some place where he may be found, and we will fall on him and, and as the dew falls on the ground. And of him and all the men who are with him, there shall be not one left, there be not be left as much as one. Moreover, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city, and we will pull it down to the river until there is not one small stone found. So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hishai, the archite, is better than the advice of Ahithophel. For the Lord had pursued to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. Now, why did David send Hushai back? And what was his prayer? That the counsel of Ahithophel would be bad. And he sent Hushai back to make sure that the counsel of Ahithophel would be bad. So here you see that's happening right now. And the Lord is using this. The Lord, once again, is using these characters in such a way. He's using them. And in this is crazy. He's, he's telling these guys, you know how strong David is. He's scaring the pants off these guys. He's saying, David's a mighty man. You go up there now, he's going to kick your butt. He's going to take you out, man. You want to do that? Let's wait. Let's get as many men as we can, as number as the sand of the sea. Let's get all of Israel together. Then we'll get them. Then we'll have them. Now, it takes time to get all these men together, doesn't it? So Hushai is basically buying time for David. He's buying time. He's getting ready. It was a beautiful plan. But God's in control. So what's the purpose? Why do we study all this? Why do we take time? God uses all things to work together for his purposes. God uses, here we see six men being used mightily by God to accomplish the restoration of Israel, to accomplish the restoration in David's life. And he will use the unlikeliest people in your lives to accomplish these things. He will use the unlikeliest people in your life to accomplish his will and his purpose. Even those who are led by Satan. I give you Balaam and his donkey. He uses the strangest things in life to accomplish his purpose. We have to remember that. What's the takeaway from all this? And how can we end all this up before we go into prayer? Simple. God is still on the throne. God is still enthroned above. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. No matter what it appears to be in your life, no matter what it looks like to you, no matter what the circumstances are coming at you, God is still enthroned. For if you were to meet a bad circumstance tomorrow, what has changed about God? Nothing. Because it says God does not change. We can always trust in him. We can always place our faith in him, even when things look dire, even when things are bad, even when things seem to be coming down upon us. God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and that plan will come to fruition.
Trust me on this, because the Bible tells us that's going to happen. In spite of you, it will happen. And all along the way, he will use these unlikely characters. Unlikely characters. Unlikely characters. I taught at Wildwood High School for about nine years. Actually, it was 12 years, I lied. Anyhow, I taught at Wildwood High School for 12 And, you know, I coached girls soccer, coached boys track. I had a good rapport with most of the students. And one day I met one of my students in the parking lot of the North Cape May Shopping Center. I was going into the thing. And she came out. It was, it was on my soccer team one time. And I always thought that I had presented the Lord to these people. I prayed with them before soccer games. I, you know, we had potluck dinners with the soccer teams and stuff. We prayed beforehand. And, you know, I, I, was, I did, the, did the, um, the Bible club and all that kind of things. And I did these things. And... She came out, and she goes, oh, Mr. Shank, how are we doing, coach? I'm, I'm fine. How are you? Great, blah, blah, blah. So what are you doing now? I said, well, I'm a pastor of a church. And she looked at me and said, gee, I never would have thought that. I said, what? what? <laughs> but it made me realize that not everything you think you're doing is what you're doing. And, and, and God will use people in your lives to steer you towards him. And they don't have to be people who are saved. They don't have to be people who are saved. God uses every single thing in your life, everything that's happening, every purpose that's going on, every circumstance, he uses it for his purpose. And we know he works all things together for good for those that love him or are the called according to his purpose. We know that. But we need to rely on that and trust in that and know that it's going to happen for his purpose, not my purpose, his purpose. I want him glorified in my life. I have died and my life is now hidden Christ. I've been crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. But not I, I live by faith. Faith in him who died for me. And I trusted him explicitly. I trusted him. I had to trust in him when I lost my son. I had nothing else to do but trust in him. We had to trust in him when we lost Pastor Frank, when we lost Tim, when we lost all these people. I have to trust in him right now because my oldest brother is on hospice and dying right now. You have to trust in him. And give your hope to him. And everything of your body, everything else of your being has to be towards him. And I want him in my life. I don't want anything else. And that's what we want. And that's my hope for you. That's my hope for you as, 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 as the sheep of God's children. That's what God wants for you. He wants you to trust in him. Regardless of anything that might be happening in your life. And don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if he uses somebody just out of left field to show you something, to show you a purpose. Don't take it in, think about it, pray about it. Don't quickly discount it. And how would you fear if a, how would you, what would you do if a donkey walked up to you and talked to you? I don't know. I always tell people, one may be talking to you right now. I don't know. <laughs> how would you feel? God uses the strangest things in life. And we need to be Sure of that. We need to know that God is at work in our lives. God is at work mightily in large. And that's what I glean from these guys. Different. Every single one of them. Different as they can be. Different than night and day. Every single one of them. They all had a purpose in God's plan. And God used them. Amen? You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you. But that's all we have time for today on A Sure Hope. We'd like to invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. You can explore more of this series in 2 Samuel or jump to another book of the Bible. Each one gives unique insight into God's plan for you and this world you live in. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. In this busy world, setting time aside to study the Bible in depth is difficult. So we'd like to make that just a bit easier. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll have sound biblical teachings sent right to your smartphone or computer. What a great way to infuse your day with God's Word. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. We're gathering in person, but we understand if you're not comfortable with that yet. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live. Just follow the link at assurehoperadio.com. We look forward to worshiping with you, either in person or virtually this weekend. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in the book of 2 Samuel, right here on Assure Hope.